Thanks for joining us again for another episode of Conversations with Pastor Chuck. This one is special for us as we have our good friend Josh Wilson with us here. What's up? So glad, thank you, uh, thank you, Josh, for joining us. This is going to be a really fun conversation, um, and I just want to want to dive right in. So, so we always do this whenever Josh is here. And so, if you could, wherever you're at, would you just give would you just give a round of applause? Stand up and just give it up for my brother Josh in the house today. Oh my gosh, I'm honored to be here with you all, man. My friend Pastor Chuck. Caleb, let's go to work, brothers. Absolutely. So this past Sunday, um, you were really looking at vision, um, you know, vision from God, how that affects our lives. And you looked at the story, which something probably many of us, if not all of us, haven't even thought about before. But you looked at Terah in the Bible in Genesis chapter 11. And and he's just mentioned there. It's almost just like a like a sub note. Yeah. Will you kind of talk about and go into a little more depth there? Yeah, we don't really know much about Terah. Uh, he's mentioned several times. Terah is Abram's, we would later know him as Abraham, as Abram's father, Sarah, or Sarah's father-in-law. Um, but, uh, but, but Terah lived in the land of the Ur of the Chaldeans. And, and while he was alive, he had a son named Haran and also a son named Abram. Uh, but Haran, who was Lot's father, many of you have probably heard of Lot, uh, Lot's father Haran died. And so Terah's son, Haran, died uh, in, there in the land of the Chaldeans. And, and so many people, uh, we, don't, we don't know this. Like There's some definitive parts of this that we don't know. Uh, but the assumption uh, is that, uh, that he was called from the land of the Chaldeans by the Lord to go to the land of Canaan. Uh, and so I'll just read this to you. We read this this past Sunday, but verse 31, Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, Haran's son, and his daughter-in-law Sarah, his son Abram's wife, and they set out together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. Now I think we're going to talk about this more in a second, but, but this, this, is, this is the catch right here. But yeah. when they came to the city of Haran, they settled there. Yeah. And Terah lived to be 205 and died. And so, so God gave him a vision to go to the land of Canaan. And he went halfway to Haran, and he settled there and died. And that's kind of really where the discussion begins to blossom. Right. So, you know, one thing that we were talking about just before we got on here is you look at Terah and, you know, if God is calling him to Canaan and if that vision is for him, if he goes through with that, then he is potentially the biggest what if in the Bible. Right. Right. Josh, we we talk a little bit about that. Like if Terah goes through and, and, you know, goes and settles in Canaan and lives like God wants him to, kind of what the implications of that would be. Right. Um, like I said earlier, it's a, that's a lot of big what-ifs. And honestly, we can't say for certain that this would or would not happen because, as the record shows, it did not happen. He only went halfway. Mm-hmm. You know, but oftentimes I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm reminded that even then our sometimes disobedience, God still blesses us. Because he went halfway. It's a big what if. What if he went all the way? What could have happened? What would have happened? What should have happened? You know, we can't really speak on those things definitively. But the blessing is he still obeyed God and moved his feet. 
and he right. went halfway. And even though sometimes we have to realize that halfway obedience sometimes is still uh, better than nothing, but at the same time, halfway obedience is still can, can, can be considered total disobedience. Right, mm. right. You know? Yeah. The, um, the, and, and we talked about this, but, but there's all these what-if scenarios. Right. And that's true for our lives. Right. There's all these what-if scenarios. You know, uh, and I talked about this on Sunday, we, we don't know definitively. Right. I, I'm a believer that God did call right. Terah to Canaan. Right. But it doesn't say that definitively. We do see that God definitively called Abram, mm-hmm. Abraham to, right. uh, to Canaan. But, but let's just say that he did call him. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm sorry, let's just say that he didn't call him. Okay. But he's like, hey, man, Canaan is better than here. My son died here. There's just all kinds of pain here. And so I'm going to go over here. Whether God called him or not, right. he had a vision to go. And so it's the, that what if God didn't call him and he went out of disobedience? Right. What if God did call him and he didn't go all the way? Right. Right. And so I think, I think that there's some distinctives that we got to have so that we don't live in the what if world. Uh, because I think you're right. This could be the biggest what if story in all the Bible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, but, but we can't live by the what ifs. Absolutely. We have to live by the what God is and what God has called. And so there is the what, the what ifs versus the what is. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, still part of this, even even the message was centered around this, is we don't we don't know definitively what God did with with um, Tara in this situation. Yeah, even as you saw, Tara went halfway, you know. And I was talking to Pastor Chuck and Caleb earlier, and telling them that if you look up the word Haran, it went halfway to Haran. Haran means halfway. It's between, if you look at it geographically, it's between halfway between Babylon and Egypt. Right. So, after, you know, and we apply it to our everyday lives. Sometimes we just do halfway things. Right. Even in this COVID situation and we're quarantined, how many of us can honestly say we have kind of slacked off in our faith? We're slacked off in things that God has given us. We've gone it just enough. It's halfway. Uh, it, it, it'll do, you know, but God is calling us even this in this season. I think Pastor Chuck may touch on this a little later that this is the time that we need to be total full drive all the way in yeah. to what God is calling us, the vision God has given us, the vision God has given the man of God for this house to be able to go forward. So when we come out of this quarantine, we'll go back into our new normal, Think we'll be able to know that, hey, I'm in full gear and I'm not just doing things halfway. I think that is a really good segue for us. I wanted to talk a little bit more about what you were talking about on Sunday but what does it really mean to live according to God's vision for our lives? Yeah. And, and really diving, you know, vision, it's not something we use a lot. It's this, I have this, you know, vision right. and God's vision. Right. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes when we talk about vision, it can become this mystical yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but vision really is, is to have a clear image of what you can't see yet. Right. You know, like uh, we see that, that, uh, that Tara had a clear vision uh, and again, it's debatable whether that was God's vision on his life. But, but he had a clear vision right. to go to Canaan. But he had never been to Canaan. Right. And he had never seen Canaan. But he had a clear vision to go there. And, and, and I believe, Josh, we were talking about this, but I've told our church this so many times, uh-huh. that, that whereas this whole COVID deal is bad, right. 
um, a percentage of our population has been infected by it, a, a percentage of our population has died as a result of it, or complications from it may, right. may have resulted in something else causing their death, but, but it completed, but anyway, right. it's, it's a bad deal. Absolutely. But I'm still not convinced that this COVID deal is a complete setback for us as much as it is a set up wow. for what God wants to do through His church. Wow. And wow. so in order for, this to, for us to see this truly as a setup sure. for God, sure. then we have to say, God, what do you want to do through me? What, God, what do you want for Wellspring right. as the pastor of Wellspring? Right. But God, what, what do you want for, for me right. as, as the individual Chuck Lewis? Right. But God, what do you want for my family? Right. And I think we have to have a vision for where God's calling us. And so I really believe the setup is this, is that God has hit the pause button, and He has said, hey, I want you to just not not chase your kids, you know, after school and all the after school activities and going here and doing this and doing and running wide open and staying busy. Like, I, I just, right. and I want you to hear from me. Right. Now, again, we're, we're working off some assumptions, but again, a, a what if, right. you know, what if God allowed Haran to die? So that Tara would go, okay, God, you've been calling me here. Right. And now, now because of the, the pain, this pain, like I can't, I, I can't settle yeah. here. And so I'm going to go. But then we see that he does wind up settling. Mm-hmm. I think that's so, my bad, Caleb. No, 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 go ahead. I think that's so true. I think oftentimes, uh, piggybacking off what Pastor Chuck says, sometimes God allows, you know, bad things to happen, if you will, to get our attention. You know, um, we were talking in the back earlier. True enough, this COVID, COVID-19, and this has really kind of affected our whole nation and community in just such a negative way. But if you look at it from the, another perspective, many of us had to slow way down. I know for me, for example, I was running, 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 playing here, speaking there, going to and fro. But now I had to slow way down. But it's allowed me to spend more time with my family. Yeah. I became a, a, a school teacher which that was not that was not my choice, you know, <laughs> but I've, I've had more times with my family, spent more times with the people that matter the most to me. Yeah. You know, so even in this bad situation of COVID, there's still some good that can come out of it. But if right. we just slow down and like you're saying, listen to the voice of right. God, listen to what God is calling for me in my individual life. Well, because in many ways we do see this as a setback. Right. Like uh, you haven't been able to speak as much. You haven't right. been able to do like some of the things that you desire to do. Not that God right. wasn't calling you to do those things. Right. But, but also the people that's been the most important, your family. Right. You've been able to spend more time with them. And so, and so I do think that this is as much a setback in some places. It's a far greater setup right. Absolutely. in some other places. Absolutely. And I think that's where I want to go next is, you know, even in times of crisis, times of you know, unknown, God is still calling us to something. Absolutely. And so, you know, as Wellspring Church right now, can you talk a little bit, where is God calling us to as we, we step out and, and go forward right now? Yeah, I'm, for me, and this is really the thing that I've been hearing God say, is that uh, we've been through so much change over the past six years. I'll be here six years uh, here soon. Uh, but, but one thing has remained constant, and that <clears throat> is to help people take a step closer to Jesus. Because the presence of God is what changes their lives. And so for me, the, the vision has just been further really solidified uh, in, man, our job is to help people take a step closer to Jesus. Now the how 
is what's always changing. Uh, and so how we do it today is going to be different than how we do it five years from now. Uh, but, the, but the mission doesn't change. And, the, and that, that vision is still, let's see people take a step closer to Christ. And so really what I see short term over the next six months is really focusing our efforts on the people that God is sending here today and really uh, putting discipleship back at the forefront of those conversations, our life groups, and really building a solid, a biblical solid core uh, because, man, I still know, I still know this, that God is calling us to be a multi-generational, multi-ethnic, multi-placed church. Mm-hmm. And so, and so we, still, we still see, I still have the map in my office of where the potential uh, upcoming campuses will be. Uh, and so and we have a vision for those. And so that, that vision has just become more and more solidified of where. And so the but statement here, though, for, uh, that we see in Tara's life, but he got to a city by the name of Haran that bore the same name of his child. We see that the grazing, uh, obviously, in that day, you know, uh, his source of income, if you will, uh, would have been a farmer, a shepherd, a rancher, whatever title you want to put on that. But he would have had large herds of animals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the grazing was better around Haran. Uh, and the city, there would have been a city. Going into Canaan, it would have been a little bit more, as we see later when Joshua and them go in, that, I mean, there was, a, there was some battles to be fought. And so there were some <laughs> good reasons to settle halfway in Haran. And I think that's what gets us, is that sometimes the comfort overcomes the call. That's tweetable, by the way. That's good. The comfort overcomes the call. That is really good. I want to go back to what you were saying earlier about vision, about what um, uh, Caleb asked you, what's the vision for this church and for you know, being able to reach multicultural, multi-generational. I believe that's so impactful because even the Bible, it says um, Jesus was fisherman of men. But one thing I've learned in my short time of learning how to fish, that all fish don't eat the same bait. Right. And so what may work for this particular person may not work for this particular person. What may works for this fish, what bass may eat, brim may not eat. Right. And so being able to be all things to all people, like you said, be multicultural, multi-generational, being able to reach the 70-year-old, right. being able to reach the 7-year-old, right. being able to reach whether you're white, black, green, yellow, red, white, they're all precious in God's sight. Right. And so I, I really love that, what you said, being able to reach the masses. You know, but how do we do that? You said it earlier, the message doesn't change. The right. Christ-centered message right. doesn't mm-hmm. change. But our methods, the way we go about right. doing things, and oftentimes we have to be more relatable to what's going on now in our 21st century. What can we use as methods to reach different generations? One of the visions that I, that I first had uh, when I came here and, and seeing this physical location wow. uh, is this physical location here at 1101 Dunbar Road. Wow. Uh, we have some large gathering spaces. Wow. Uh, and so our main auditorium will seat 400, 500 people. Okay. Uh, but then we've got some large rooms uh, that will seat 75 to 100. Right. We have a chapel that will seat 150. Wow. Then we have our, our uh, fellowship hall children's room that you can seat 150, 200 people in. And then across the street, 
uh, we have our youth building that will seat another 200 people. Wow. And so one of the visions that I've had since I've been here is how do we do, because one of the things that attracts people sure. is music. Sure, sure. And so um, how do we do some different venues, yeah. have different worship experiences mm-hmm. on this property uh, and, still, and still be in the same gathered space, the same gathered place? Absolutely. No, I'm sorry, Kevin, kind of just going off the script. <laughs> what you're saying is so true because ministry has to be attractive. Right. Let's just be honest. I'm not going to go, we're not going to go, ministry is almost equivalent to dating, if you will. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Let's just be honest. You see a presentation oftentimes before you hear them speak, before you learn about their right. heart. Oh, I, I, I'm with them before their heart. I can't see your heart. I can see the outer appearance, though. And what so catches me the first, you know, so ministry, oftentimes when we come the little things matter. Like you guys have the first impressions ministry. You guys, right. you guys have different things, the greeters, whatever you call them, that as soon as you come indoor, we have friendly faces, you know, we're warm and welcoming. That that makes a difference. You know, right. the music, have a great music, you know, like you were stating with music and people being more welcome and open to accepting everyone regardless of their background. In that dating analogy, mm-hmm. the, um, uh, I, I think that the message and the music in whatever uh, venue, if you will, that we're talking about, uh, has to has to be Christ-centered and Absolutely. drawing people closer to Christ. Absolutely. But but some people are going to do that better through hymns. Absolutely. Some people are going to do that better through gospel music. Absolutely. Some people are going to do that better through contemporary music. Absolutely. And, and so and some people even preaching styles, you Absolutely. know, are different. And I think I think all those are acceptable. And I think we can have all those here right. on one property. Absolutely. Um, but but that's the first step. That's not the last step. Right, right. And so in a dating, like that's the, that's the dating, yeah, yeah. you know, but, but we've said it this way is to come and then connect. And then connect. But, but the bait that you're talking about as being fishermen, I think the bait also has to be a little different mm-hmm. to get somebody to go from a worship venue mm-hmm. to let me connect to the church. Absolutely. And so for some people, it's going to be serving. For some people, they're going to be more business-minded, and they want to help more giving direction and helping with the vision and, and sort of the, the, the admin side of it. Absolutely. Some people are more missions-minded. And so they're like, well, how do we get outside of this place? And, how do we, and so that helps them take a next step. Yeah. And so, again, to, to, to come back to our passage of Scripture, is what we see is the but statement. Right. But he comes to the city of Haran, and his comfort overshadowed his call. And, 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 and when we get comfortable, and a lot of times that's what we do in worship experiences, worship venues. It's just like, I like this style of music, and I like this style of preaching, and so I'm comfortable. And, you know, y'all joke with me about this all the time. You say that this is, that this is not a true statement. But I really am an introvert. <laughs> so I would, like... We shouldn't record this. <laughs> but the COVID deal's been good for me. Oh, man. <laughs> like, I've been able to pastor people. I've been able to reach out to them via internet, via, you know. Right. You know, and so, like, it's... But, but that's not what God's called me to. Right, right. God's called me to be in person with people, to love on them, to invest in them. Right. And so just because I'm comfortable right. doesn't mean I'm in God's call. So, now, now, being out of God's call doesn't mean that you're uncomfortable either. You're, you're comforted by the Spirit. Absolutely. But you're not comforted by your own feelings. Absolutely. You know, had, had I went off of comfort 
and doing what I, I was telling you this earlier. Uh, again, this is probably some things that shouldn't be recorded, but, but when I was in my undergraduate work and I went through my speaking class, uh, public speaking, I made a 68 wow. in my public speaking class, which is wow. not passing. <laughs> and so my professor had a private conversation with me and he said, we're going to bump you up to a 70. And I'm going to let you pass the class because you and I both know you're too introverted to ever be a public speaker. Wow, wow, wow. And so my comfort level is not being on a stage or behind a camera, in front of a camera. Uh, my comfort level is sitting in my office studying. Yeah. Uh, but, that's, but that's part of the calling, not all the calling. That's part, right. And so a lot of times the, the, the but is God's called me here, but I'm not comfortable doing that. Right. But, but I'm not trained to do that, right. which we can get past our comfort right. and we can get past our training. Absolutely. We can be trained. We can do like, but we have to keep going. Like, God, where are you calling? God, where's the vision? And, and here's what I knew. I knew in the back of my mind, I, I had a vision back then yeah. that God was calling me to preach. Yeah. That God was, but it terrified me. Wow. Wow. But I can't let that hold me back. Absolutely. So we've talked about, you know, vision as, as this big grand idea for a church, but it's obvious that God also gives vision and calling to us Christians as individuals. And I was wondering, Josh, if you could talk about that a little bit about as an individual Christian, first of all, like, how do I identify God's calling in my life? But then how do I follow it going yeah. forward? That's a great, that's a great question, Caleb. Um, kind of pick back off what Pastor Chuck says. Number one, you have to be connected somewhere. Um, I believe that um, God does give us vision for our own individual lives, whether it's for our individual person or our families. But God's not going to lead you anywhere that's opposite of what his word is. That's right. And I believe that we hear his word and study his word and be able to connect with others through the preached word or, or through, you know, our own private prayer life or mm. through being connected with life groups. Come on. You know, and so I believe a combination of those three intertwined together, God really speaks to us. And so I believe that really, when you get connected with a church, with a local church, with an assembly of believers, when you get connected with um, God in your prayer life, in your own prayer life, me um, personally, like I have a set time every day that I just take time. It's just me and God, mm. not my kids, not my family, none of that. It's just me and God. I have my own a particular place in my house. They know when I'm in there, don't come ask me about what's to eat. You know, nothing to eat right now. You're just going to starve, you know. <laughs> but seriously. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide for you because they're eating everything but the furniture anyway right That's now. That's right. <laughs> but seriously, though. Them so, and me both. <laughs> seriously, I think in your prayer life and when you're connected with a church and connected with a life group, that's when God really starts speaking to you. You're able to kind of cultivate what God has put in your spirit and to be able to move accordingly to that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really good. Um, Let me just to hit on that, like, we don't, again, we don't know that this is what happened with Tara. Right. But, but, but we see this throughout Scripture. Jesus went away to a secluded place and he prayed. Right. Uh, we, we, we see that, that Paul, you know, uh, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about this in a few weeks, was struck off his horse blinded and went to Ananias. Yeah, nice. but, but it's in those private times Absolutely. with the Lord Absolutely. that we receive a vision Absolutely. from the Lord. Absolutely. And in order to get a vision for your personal life, you need to spend some personal time yep. with the Lord. Absolutely. Tell your kids, get away. Yeah, get away. <laughs> so we, we've talked about it. We've bounced around. But I really want, in the, the last few minutes that we have here, I want both of you guys to, to talk very specifically 
um, about how both comfort and pain can deter us from the vision. We, we've mentioned that, but how do we identify when the comfort or the pain is pulling us away from God's vision? And then how do we overcome that to get back in it? Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's probably one of the most challenging parts is that, um, again, when we, when we dig into this passage of Scripture and we kind of go back in an in a, in a exegetical look at it, we look at it historically, what we're seeing is, is that, uh, that, that the city of Haran was probably a pretty good place to live. Um, and, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't this horrendous place that Lot later found himself in. Uh, it, was, it was an okay place to live. It was good. And so, but, but it wasn't where God called him. It wasn't the vision. It wasn't the end of the vision. And so I think really for us to be able to determine, okay, these bad things that are happening versus these good things that are happening, how do I, how do I know? Like, okay, it's good, so do I stay? But maybe it's good, and that's the enemy's way of sucking you in to just be comfortable. Wow. But, but sometimes I think it's, you know, the pain is, is God saying, don't settle here. Like, keep moving. But, but then there's times that it's painful. But, 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 but I said this Sunday that we've got to get past our pain in order to reach our full potential. And so sometimes, sometimes God's working in us and the pain that we're experiencing is Him literally working things out of us so that we can reach the full potential. He's not calling us to move on. He's calling us to move on from ourselves, from, from what we're experiencing. And so my pain of introvert, you know, like I've got to get past that in order to reach my potential. And so sometimes we have to work through the pain. God's not saying pack up and move and go somewhere else and look for it easier. It's like I need you to work through this. But, but the way that you determine this pain or this, or this perceived blessing right. is, okay, God, what's the end goal? God, where are you calling me to? And does this match up to the end goal? Right. I totally agree. If you look right, even, even in the passage of Scripture where um, there was a thorn in the flesh and he asked him to remove it, God says, I'm not going to remove the thorn, but I will give you the grace to endure it. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's, it's just so comforting to know that, like, um, like you were saying, Pastor Chuck, that, Sometimes it's a dichotic situation. Like, which way do I go? Which, you know, I'm feeling pain. Is this pain because it's time for me to move? Or do I just stay complacent because I'm comfortable? You know, uh, even in physical weightlifting terms, I've heard it put this way. Pain is weakness leaving the body. Mm. You know, pain is weakness leaving the body. And oftentimes, and and that's more of like a physical, you know, weightlifting type of um, setting, but if you bring it back to a spiritual setting, sometimes we're going to go experience pain because God's trying to get something out of us, like right. you said, whether, whether it's introvertedness, whether it's uh, uh, whatever you're dealing with. Sometimes that pain, it will cause pain because God's trying to move us into a different direction. So oftentimes pain is not uh, a bad thing. Right. You know, like you said, because sometimes pain can sometimes push us to our potential. Yeah, sometimes it's a good reminder that I'm not going back there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think, like you said, um, Pastor Chuck, even Caleb, it goes back to our prayer life. It goes back to being connected in a local body, you know, connected to our pastor, connected to our life groups. Be able to understand, hey, this is what I'm dealing with right now. Oftentimes, I can't get the answer by myself. 
sometimes God, God is still able to give me the answer, but sometimes I struggle with that. That's why I need a life group. That's why I need somebody I can trust, I can, a confidant, a trusted friend, somebody I can go and talk to say, hey, this is where I'm at right now. Can you pray with me? Can you, can yeah. you help lead me through this? Yeah. Can, you, can we talk through this? Can I help me get some little clarity mm-hmm. or you know, insight of what God is really helping help me to see right now? Yeah, that's good. I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier, but as you guys were just talking, um, the young adults right now are, are studying James. And right at the beginning, um, we were some of our supplemental uh, research comes from Francis Chan, and he talks about, you know, God doesn't call us to happiness. He calls us to holiness. Mm. Yes, sir. And then he gives, yes, he gives an example because in the beginning of James, it talks about how God refines us and stuff. But it, there's an example of um, silver and how silver is refined and the impurities get pushed out as the, the refining process goes on. And at the end, what you're left with is something mm. that reflects. And so God is using us as silver and in the process of the sanctification and, and the becoming more holy you know, the impurities are left away, and all we're left with is a reflection of God. Right. And so we, as, as we're, we're talking about this, and as we're trying to live according to God's call right. for our lives, we have to understand that ultimately, we're just supposed to be a reflection of Him to everybody that we come in contact with. They should come up to us and see Jesus in our actions, in our words, and even in our, our thoughts and the way yeah. we go about things. And so if we're, we're too comfortable, we're not going to be looking like Jesus. Right. But we have to understand that, you know, the pain, like you were saying, it can be a, a, a pro- provocation, you know, to go forward and move. It also can be God just working our lives, removing a couple of those impurities so we can be a better reflection of Him as well. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That is good, man. I've heard that, you know. And even going back to James, when you said, you know, we're giving tests and problems, it says count it all joy mm-hmm. when you're experiencing yeah. these type of difficulties, when you're experiencing these type of challenges the working out of your faith, you know? So you're not going, we're not going to grow in our Christian walk if we don't experience some type of pain. It's not, oh, um, if pain comes, right. but when it comes. Right. But we know that we have a Savior. We have a, a helper who can help us, lead us, and guide us through that pain. We have each other. My, you know? my mind's going all over the place now because this discussion is <laughs> getting so good, but we're really out of time. But, but I will say this, that, uh, you know, the old, the old saying that's not true uh, is that God won't give you more than you can handle. Right. God, God will, in fact, give you more than you can handle. And there's a reason. It's because he wants, he wants the pain of you not being able to handle it to drive you to the point of, God, I need you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so God will give you more than you can handle because it's like, God, I can't handle this. I need you. I need God, you. This, yeah. God, I give this to you. God, this is yours. Yeah. And, and again, the, the what ifs go crazy in this passage. Absolutely. But... but but if God did, in fact, call Terah to Canaan, what if his sons and those that were around him would have said, Terah, we can't settle here. Right. Wow. We have to keep going. Wow. And so sometimes you don't know. I don't know what Josh is called to or what Caleb is called to unless we share that with each other. Absolutely. Life groups. Life. That's, where, that's where these discipleship groups are so important. Absolutely. Is to be able to help each other. These are more than just gatherings. These are more than just hangouts. Right. These are more than just, let's just talk about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Right. This is about, man, how, how do you help me take a step closer to Jesus? Right. Because the presence of God is going to change my life to be more like Him. Yeah. We need those people in our lives that are going to tell us that living according to God's calling 
is got always, always going to be better than anything that we can think of for right. ourselves. Right. Absolutely. Because uh, I think we've said this, but to be clear, not all of following God is painful. Right. Yeah. But, but God does want to root out the things that are causing pain. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, man, there, there is this place that you can reach in your life that even when you experience trouble, even when you experience these difficult, difficulty is going to come. Like you were talking about out of general, like it's going to come. Right. But man, when we see God working in it, wow. and it is such a pleasurable, it is so enjoyable to be able to walk in the grace of God and in His calling. Man, I'm just telling you, it's a, it's a pleasurable, pleasurable place to be. Mm-hmm. All right, Caleb, take over. I'll just keep yeah, preaching. Keep going, Caleb, because I'll be here to, to even talking. <laughs> well, we, unfortunately, we are out of time. But we do want you to be involved in these conversations. We want to Absolutely. have your questions come in. Um, there's a couple different ways you can do that. First off, you can go to wellspringchurch.info and you can just pull up uh, the contact card there and say, right. con- uh, excuse me, question for conversations with Pastor Chuck. That is not an easy sentence to say, but it's not. questions for conversations with Pastor Chuck. And then just in the little message part, put your questions on there. That'll go to the office and we'll be able to put them in here. Yeah. Also, you can email me at caleb at wellspringchurch.life. Um, if you do that, we'll be able to get those questions in. Because again, this is really fun for us. Like I, I know I really enjoy these conversations, yeah. and I hope they're beneficial for you all. Yeah. But we want to be able to use this platform to help you in your walk as well, help you maybe understand where the vision is for your life and the calling is for your life. So we want you guys to be involved um, as well. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up right now. Josh, would you mind praying for us as we end this? Sure. God, we just thank you just for, number one, being God. We just thank mm. you for that. Um, when we don't have all the answers, when we don't know what's going on, we, don't, we have more questions than answers, God. We know we can still lean and trust and depend on you, God. Even during this COVID situation, God, many of us have questions. Why did my family get affected? Why did my loved one have to die? Why did I have to lose my job? Why did I have to get income cut back? Why, did, why this and why that, God? We have so many questions, God, but we know that you are still... Uh, the answer to every question that we have, God. You are still the solution, God. You still provide for us, God. You still take care of us, God. You're still mm-hmm. looking out for us, God. You still have our best interest in mind, yes. God. You're still sitting high, looking low. You're big enough to cover the universe, God, yet you're personal enough to be with each and every one of us, God. So, God, we thank you for that, God. We thank you, God, for Pastor Chuck and Caleb and their leadership, God, and their willingness to want to continue to impact the world for middle, uh, through middle Georgia, God, for your kingdom and your glory, God. We ask God that you continue to bless Pastor Chuck, bless his family, God, bless his ministry, God. Bless him in a special and unique way. Give him the power, the strength, the physical strength, the spiritual strength, the emotional strength that he needs to lead this church and his family, God, and the community, God. Bless Caleb and his family, his wife. God, we ask you, God, to bless us all, God. We need your power, your love, God, like never before, God. These are tough times that we're living in. These are uncertain times. These are uncharted waters that we're living in, God. But God, we know one thing. This did not catch you by surprise, Amen. God. Amen. This did not catch you by surprise. You knew about COVID-19 before there was a COVID-19, God. So God, we know that you can see us through it, God. So God, be with us all, God. Be with the one who is struggling at home right now. Be with the one who may be depressed right now. Be with the one who may have low self-esteem, who is dealing with some type of anxiety. My kids are getting on my nerves, God. My husband is doing this. My wife is doing that, God. Be with those in those intimate low moments that we cry ourselves to sleep at night, God. You know that 
the thoughts that are on our mind. You know the, the, the burdens that are on our heart, God. Be with us, God. Give us strength to continue to endure. Give us strength. Give us the hope that we need to continue to push forward, God. We love you. We thank you. And we bless you, God. We, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you here next week. Thank you, guys. Love you.